0: Welcome in to DMVR Buffs After Dark, presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we've got Jake Schwanitz here today. Uh, you guys know him from the draft pod. Uh, Jake, what'd you think of that game?
1: Uh, a lot of thoughts. Um, sloppy play <laughs> offensively, um, but just a very opportunistic performance from the Buffs. I mean, it seemed like every time they needed to make a play, uh, they would come up big. And that's really what saved them in this game and ultimately gave them the w
0: and and those were the only times they made plays there was there right. was there was nothing that went to waste in that effort I think at one point there was what they they were oh of nine on third downs and uh Washington was thirteen of nineteen on third downs, which typically you see those numbers and you're thinking it's a blowout but but they made plays when when the when washington was in the red zone it, it, just a weird, honestly kind of ugly game, but a, a win is a win. And if you're Colorado at this point in the season, anything's got to feel good.
1: Right. Yeah. When you break it down into the key statistics, it is, it seems like a Washington blowout, frankly. Uh, 426 yards for Washington, 183 for Colorado, um, beating them by about, uh, what is that, nine minutes in time of possession, 22 first downs for the Huskies, nine for Colorado. Colorado going two of 13 on third down, but then the big one, the four turnovers from the Huskies. And like we said earlier, just opportunistic at the right times. And those turnovers really obviously swayed the game.
0: Yeah, it is kind of crazy to look at that. And, you know, just from like a macro level, you know, we talk about turnovers and the importance of turnovers so often. And I think everybody believes it. Like everybody knows that it's important to win the turnover battle, but then you see things, like those numbers that you said, where you're outgained by easily 200 yards. Like, was that 250? Um, yep. You're you're not getting anything done on third down. You're not staying on the field. You're not getting them off the field. You don't have the ball. Four turnovers. That'll make up for a lot. And I thought I thought the Buffs did a good job forcing those turnovers too. Um, you know, there's there's a couple different kinds of turnovers. There's the fluky ones. There's the ones that are just good effort on one side or a terrible play on the other. But there were some forced fumbles in there. There were nice plays. Um, A great pick from Robert Barnes Um, did not seem like something he was going to be able to catch. And we're going to give the Buffs credit for that, and particularly these these Buffs linebackers. We'll get into it later. But just a, a sloppy, sloppy game on both sides. Buffs win, though. Also, before we get any deeper, I do need to say Today was the Brawl of the Wild, Montana, Montana State. Mm. That started like an hour before the Buffs game. So I was in the press press box just like watching it. And then once the, the Buffs started, I was like, okay, I really need to pay attention to that. And I could because Montana just knocked the shit out of those Bobcats. <laughs> and it feels good. It feels really good. And all is right in the world.
1: Big day for you then, huh?
0: It was incredible. Just watching and the Broncos
1: run by, they can't lose tomorrow.
0: I know they can't ruin this for me. Plus, <laughs> Buffs basketball. If you guys are here for some Buffs basketball talk, we're going to be getting into that tomorrow night after the. So we were hoping that the Buffs would not be on the consolation side of the Paradise Jam bracket because they play Saturday. We're hoping they're going to be on the winner side, which plays Sunday. But we'll be talking all about this second round of Paradise Jam games tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Um, but the Buffs basketball team, just real quick one in overtime they didn't ruin the vibes either uh, so that's it's, it's nice it's nice um, let's just jump in though biggest takeaways from this game uh what is what is at the top of your list jake
1: biggest takeaways is just clutch performance by the defense um obviously the the fumble return for 99 yards from jack lamb absolutely massive i mean that's a 14 point swing Mm -hmm. um and then the uh interception um by robert barnes um his interception was great i think was nico reed the corner that picked it off in the end zone yeah Yeah, it was so just an impressive and just insanely clutch frankly defensive performance from the buffs um in a game where they really needed it because the offense was (laughs) it was ugly (laughs)
0: yeah we knew coming into the season that you were going to need the defense to really step up and win you some games. It's tough to imagine what exactly that looks like. I mean, you weren't expecting only 183 yards of total offense. That's for sure. But this is what it looks like when the defense wins you a game. And it is really hard to do to force fumbles consistently to pick off those passes. And, and Nico Reed, what a play in the end zone. He's somebody who I know the coaching staff likes. He's somebody who I think maybe there might be some scouts getting kind of an advanced look at him. Um, But, you know, Carl Durrell has not been seen as a good recruiter by this fan base and from people who aren't a part of the fan base either. And there's obviously something to that. Like you look at the recruiting rankings, I think they're 11th out of 12 teams in the PAC 12. Um, But I had this conversation with a CU fan at our tailgate this morning. And you have to remember that we still don't know what his recruits have done. Like, yes, in terms of the rankings, they are getting guys who rivals in 24-7 sports and those sorts of groups, say, are not good football players. What matters is what happens when they show up on campus. And I know that those three corners that they brought in, they're really, really excited about them. And they're true freshmen and they've gotten some playing time, and you see one of them go out there and make that play today, and you have to say, hey, how many how many true freshmen can you really expect to be making plays? And if you're getting a play like that from one of them, that's, that's an early positive mark on recruiting class. And so I'll throw that out there. Give, give the staff a little bit of credit after a win.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, just on that point, the secondary overall, um, more specifically the corners, I would say, played really, really well today. Um, you saw obviously the interception from Nico Reed, Christian Gonzalez was, uh, making some plays and then you saw Makai Blackman, um, uh, make a few plays also. Um, it was really just the middle of the defense that, uh, that's really where Washington was exposing them kind of up the seams, um, just on these crossing routes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was really tying up the safeties and linebackers. Um, really, I guess the worst part of the defense was just that middle area for them. But other than that, uh, really just a spectacular performance.
0: And it was a game where you don't have Nate Landman. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense. I, I really wanted to find a way on Twitter to call that Landman land. Um, and I was like, you really got to get the context right because it's a really dumb thing to say. But yeah, Landman land was not good today. And again, you've got one game left. We'll see if he's able to play that last game of the season next week against Utah. But. This is the world that the buffs are just going to have to live in. And we saw last week when Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown just ripped him apart up the middle today. I thought it was more in the passing game where there's just nobody there, nobody covering things need to change. That needs to improve. And that's probably the most concerning part of this team going into next year. That's kind of tough to say, given everything that's going on with the offense. Um Include quarterback position. And that's really important. Um, But yeah, I think the middle of the defense, that's a big concern. Also, let's hit this right now uh, from Tyler Brown in the chat. Any further information on the train wreck? That is Levante Chenault. Um, It sounds as though the Levante Chenault era in Boulder is over. Um, Today, after the game, Carl Durrell did say that he's no longer with the team. Um, you know, he's, he's had multiple suspensions. Uh, some, we know where they come from. You know, we, we've seen that he was arrested for um driving, driving under the influence. I don't know if we've heard under the influence of what doesn't really matter. Don't do that. And he got suspended for it and missed the bowl game. And then there's been more suspensions and he finally got back. Well, I think the Oregon game was his first game back from the last suspension. It might've been a week after that. Um And Played a couple games, honestly didn't do all that much, and was not out there during warm-ups today. And so you, you look down the field and you're like, oh, this is, this is happening again. I wonder, wonder what the story is. Remember to ask that question. And somebody did, and it turns out he's no longer with the team, and that's what Carl said. Who knows? There's some times where you say, like, guys can work their way back or whatever. He's not on the team until he's on the team. And I, I, it's time to say that it's probably over. It's disappointing because he's incredibly talented. You know, you, you. T- I talked to a bunch of guys during fall camp and during spring ball and said, "Who's, who is the toughest player to guard, um, in terms of coverage and the passing game?" And basically, everybody said it's Levante. He gets open. He's able to go get balls. And so it does suck that Levante Chenault is likely never playing for Colorado again. At the same time, though, you you look at this receiver's room and you have plenty of options. Um, obviously, you have Brendan Rice there. You've got Dimitri Stanley back for another year. You've got two true freshmen, Chase Penry and uh, Ty Robinson. Hey, Again, are we upset about this recruiting class at this point? But we don't need to go back through that. Um, the, those guys will all be back, and you can be excited about all of them. You didn't have Jalen Jackson or Maurice Bell all season. Daniel Arias is finally making plays. Um, Montana Lamonius Craig. He's been incredible when he's been on the field this year. They're using him as a blocker. He caught the game-tying touchdown against Oregon State. Uh, you could throw uh, uh, Chris Carpenter. was He had a third-down conversion out there today. So, I mean, this is the group where they are incredibly deep. And, yeah, was Levante Chenault the most talented? Yeah, No, Brendan Rice was, but he was probably in that group. It is what it is. It is what it is.
1: Right. And it goes back to something I brought up on the uh, post-game show we did uh, in the double overtime game against Oregon State. Is that While there is talent and there is ability, uh, of course, you see it in flashes every weekend. They just still don't have that go-to guy in the receiving game. Um, and that's really kind of hamstringing this offense because there's no true threat in the passing game. And then you see games like today where Jarek in the running game just can't really get going, and then the offense as a whole just sputters out as a
0: result. Totally. Totally. And, you know, I still have total faith that Brendan Rice is going to be that guy. And again, you doing it every other week? If for a sophomore, or I guess technically a freshman, that's not bad, but you just need more if nobody else is going to step up and do it the other week. So you're not going to have other guys... Sub- so, yeah... They do still need to have somebody just become that guy. And Levante Chenault coming into this year was at the top of the list. Um, didn't do it. Uh, also, we had the chat from Tyler Brown, Keith Miller. He's in the conversation there, too. Um, hasn't been dressing. I'm not sure if he dressed today. I didn't look for him specifically, but for most of the season, he hasn't. But that's a big body guy. If he wanted to be a tight end. He could probably be uh, like one of those freak tight ends. Who's making consistent plays. Who's ripping apart the middle of the field for the other team. Um, We'll see what happens there too, but just so much talent, that position. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, Also want to remind you guys, if you're watching on Twitter, go to YouTube. It's better quality. Won't cut out. Uh, You can, you can chat with us. Uh, You can tell us what your takeaways are. We've got some good ones in there Um, and uh, play some other games with us later. So definitely make sure you're in there. And if you are in there, hit the like button. In terms of other biggest takeaways, um what else do we have? I I don't know what the takeaway with this offense is. Is is it just that it's it's not there yet? Is because I feel like we've said that so many times like it's not something we've really learned but that first drive they looked good. They went down the field 70 right. yards, got some points out of it, but after that just a, a lot of struggles, you know, they struggled in the running game significantly. Um they they didn't get much done in the passing game. What what is the problem in your eyes at this point, Jake, on the offensive side?
1: Um it's tough to say. I mean, in a, in broad terms, it's obviously consistency because it seems that it's either 0 or 100 with this offense. Yeah. Um you're scoring 30 plus and winning double overtime games against Oregon State or you're really struggling. I mean, if it's not for the defensive score and some of the turnovers today, um this is an easy Washington win. So who knows? I mean, maybe you don't have the right offensive coordinator. Maybe you just don't have the right scheme going right now. Um, They just need to figure it out because it's a lot. It seems like it all just kind of compounds on itself and it's just a lot at the same time, especially when it's not working.
0: It gets really ugly. It gets really ugly. And I mean, we both watch the Broncos a lot too. There's some similarities in the way that when things aren't working, you just look at it and say how this doesn't seem close. (laughs) Right. And that's the worst part.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's almost like unable to really be fixed at any point in time because it just looks so disjointed and just out of whack. Um, I It did look good early on, like you said. Uh I mean, uh, Bren, when Brendan Lewis was kind of moving around, running around, it was looking a bit better, um, but then they just got in such a rut, uh, especially towards the end of the first half where it was just three and outs and punts. I think they had one drive. Uh, towards the end of the second quarter where they got like a first down on a penalty or it was the first down on the pass to Brady Russell. Um, And then after that, they just punted right after. So even when you get some momentum going, they're unable to sustain Um, it's, it's just a long list of issues at
0: this point, I guess. Definitely. It's just brutal. And again, like that first drive, you watch it and say, Oh wow, this looks good. They're, they're, they were running the ball really well. Daniel Arias had a couple of nice catches, um, it seemed like Brendan Lewis was commanding the offense in the way that you want to. He had a couple nice runs there too, but when it's not working, it really does get ugly. And and that's tough to see. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a positive takeaway though. Those linebackers played really, really well today. Um, I, they, they, there were some flaws there. They made a lot of plays. Let's say that because the coverage at points did right. get pretty ugly. Um, but, uh, we'll we'll get into some of the details. Carson Wells had a, had a great day. He was doing all sorts of stuff. Robert Barnes was making plays. Jack Lamb had the fumble return touchdown. Oh, Barnes half the game. He might come back for another year. I believe it. I mean, if you have the eligibility, then why not? I th- sure. It would, it would probably be like if the coaches want him back. I guess. Um, and I think he's done enough to be wanted back. We don't have to have that conversation right now. But I believe he. It makes sense. Um, what do you think of the linebackers? Because there were some flaws in coverage, too. Right. Um, yeah, like you said, just kind of it. it
1: it's easy to get excited because they really filled the stat sheets, and obviously they had a lot of game-changing plays come from that position group. Mm-hmm. But on a down-to-down consistency level, I mean, they're probably one of the reasons why Washington was able to be so efficient through the air, mm-hmm. uh, specifically over the middle of the field and up the seams, like we already mentioned um thankfully they were able to kind of turn it on in the red zone uh get some stops near the goal line and then of course the interception happened the fumble happened uh but overall i think it was a really solid performance especially for someone like Quinn Perry yep. who just steps into a big role ties for the team lead and tackles uh Carson Wells with the two sacks two pass defenses too so overall you can't be too upset with it
0: yeah I, I I agree. There's just a roller coaster, which I guess when you're playing a lot of young guys, maybe it's what you expect. And if, you know, you got a guy like Jack Lamb, who I think he might have played three years at Notre Dame. No, I think he played two years there, but still was somehow a grad transfer coming to Colorado this season. And he's a grad transfer who has two years of eligibility left. And so he's he's another guy who's still... Raw, even though I think he might be like 21 or something, 22, even. Um, but you have him, you've got Quinn Perry, who's out there a lot. He's he's fun to watch. It's going to be really hard for him next year because it's just going to be Nate comparisons the entire season. But there were plays he made today where you just see the stopping power that he has, where he's able to just hit the hole, hit a running back, and just stop him right there. And that kind of stuff is exciting to see, but there there's definitely highs, definitely lows. Um, what else do you have for, for big takeaways? Anything else?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, we've kind of, we've said the defense was inconsistent at times, but really they played really well in the run game. Uh, 28 carries for Washington, 38 yards, 1.4 yards per carry. Uh, just spectacular. Like you mentioned uh, Perry and those guys coming up field, they were fitting the run really well. And if, I mean, if they played any less, uh, I guess any worse, in the run game. I mean, I think that really would have like kind of swayed the tide and really had Washington come out ahead in this one. Um, but they were able to shut down the Huskies in that facet. And I think that was something that they could lean on knowing that Washington was going to have to pass to really move down the field.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Um, what an ugly game. What an ugly game. I just <laughs> keep going back to it. Like you just read through these numbers and it's like, whew, this is, yeah, there, there's some issues. Um, I guess I'll probably do it. We can we can move along from these biggest takeaways. I uh, want to remind you guys that uh, we love Brackenridge Brewery. If you were at the tailgate this morning, you got some nice free Brackenridge beers, some seltzers. Um, it's good stuff. We talk about it a lot, um, but it really is good. And, you know, for me, I've, I've got the tailgate tomorrow morning, 930 a.m. I'll be cracking a seltzer right when that thing starts. And there's only a few drinks that I am willing to have that early in the morning. They all come from Breckenridge Brewery. Just shout out to them for everything they do for us. And also shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, They make watching these games a lot of fun. I didn't get in on the Buffs today. Um, I just honestly never really got around to it. Uh, But I did think, you know, these are some decent odds for a Buffs team that's just so up and down. You don't really know what to expect, but you know that this might be the one opponent where you have a better quarterback situation in Pac-12 play. It's just weird to think about. Um, right. But yeah, what did I get in on? Oh, the Buffs, the Buffs basketball. Uh, I was watching that in the car on the way home, and I used a ten dollar free bet plus three hundred and fifty odds because uh, they were down ten or something against Duquesne. They forced overtime. They they kind of beat him up in overtime. I wound up making $35 on that $10 free bet I earned. That's the kind of stuff you can do with DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, ooh, real quick, Jake. You have a DraftKings pick of the week for us. Is there is there any NFL game that, that you've seen that, that you really like?
1: Hmm. Oh, man. Um. Let's take a look here real quick. Yeah, How about Ravens minus five against the Chicago
0: Bears? Hmm, I do like that one. I mean, they obviously there's just like a straight up talent differential, and that's what you really like about it. But also, right. I feel like Lamar, he wants to win the Heisman, or not the Heisman, the MVP, MVP. And, and he's yep. kind of fallen back in that conversation a little bit. He needs a big game, and this is an opponent where you could absolutely rip him up. You think you think more passing right. or running from him tomorrow?
1: Um, well, Hollywood Brown is out, so I'm expecting a big game from Lamar on yeah. the ground. Um, also, Packers only getting uh, only. One-point favorites against the Vikings, too. That seems pretty juicy. The team that's covered significantly.
0: I like even better. Like You just know how that game is going to go. The Vikings are going to go up. Everybody's going to be like, and then then Rodgers is going to come back at the end, and the Vikings are going to (laughs) lose the same way they always lose. Packers are going to win the same way they always win. I like it. DraftKings pick of the week right there. And uh, I might do what I said and just wait. Maybe buy in a little ways into that game. Um, right now, though, there's a great special at DraftKings Sportsbook for those of you who have not signed up yet. First of all, what are you doing? But also, if you bet $1 on either NFL team to score in any game this week, you win $100 in free bets if they score. It's a great deal. Obviously, you're not going to see that. Few, I mean, they're going to score points. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I was about to... Uh, <laughs> Bef- say that I was going to take uh, the- this Oregon money line because they're down 14-0 right now. I'm I'm watching yeah. on a second screen here. They somehow got all the way down the field this quickly, and I missed what I'm guessing were much better odds. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed on that. I might still jump in, but that's that's the other thing we're keeping an eye on tonight. Um,
1: yes, cool. sir. You got about 15 yards to make a decision there. <laughs> I
0: know, I know. I'm almost cheering for him to not score, so the odds get even better. It's a long game. (laughs) Um, Let's jump into the stock report here. Uh, Obviously, the season's kind of winding down. At at some point, we're going to have to pay up on these stocks. You either either win or you lose. Um, And it kind of means, what do you expect in this Utah game next week? Uh, But let's just jump in at the top. Brendan Lewis. It's an up and down season for sure, but a lot of the downs were at the beginning of the year. And it's kind of been up and down in the second half of the season, um, right. which overall makes it like up and down and down, but whatever. <laughs> uh, first of all, I feel like we got to say the stock is down after tonight, 14 to 25, 112 yards. He did more with his legs. He also got sacked a few times. And so that, that changes the numbers, uh, but six carries for 30 yards and a touchdown. Still you, you with me at stock is down after tonight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's just inconsistencies, so it's just this was the down week. You had a couple weeks of up, so you just had to kind of know that it was coming back down to earth at some point.
0: Yeah. You uh you have any interest in in buying or selling anything here?
1: Oh, man. Um
0: it's tough cuz it's kind of low.
1: <laughs> I know. If anything, I'd maybe dabble a little bit in buying right now. Um I don't know about for next week, but in terms of just like stock for long term for next year, um, unless JT Shrout just comes in and just absolutely plays out of his mind in training camp or something, or they have a freshman, uh, it looks like Lewis might end up being the guy. And I think that with an off season of just really growing the offense around him, just cashing in on that athleticism. And I think really designing an offense around that would be to Colorado's benefit, frankly.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a tough call. You know, we've got the, uh, a comment there from Denver JW, uh, A win is a win, but that was as ugly as it gets. Need to replace Lewis next year. And, like, I'm not going to blame anybody for saying that you got to replace Brendan Lewis next year. I'm not fully there just because we've seen enough of the flashes where I think at the very least he's competing for the job. Um, If I were to say right now, I think JT Shrout probably edges him out. Um, And who knows? I think looking at the situation – you should be able to to get a decent transfer um or at least be in the running for one you know obviously i mean we don't know who exactly will be in the portal um we all expect like spencer rattler to be there i think there's a good chance and i've said this a couple times i think jaden daniels is kind of a prime transfer candidate but i think he might be able to move up instead of down Um, but you start at the top of the list and we'll see i think that there's probably at least five guys that the. Buffs look at and say, hey, if we can get this guy, we've got to go get this guy led probably by Spencer Rattler just because there's so much talent there. Um, But after that, you know, there's it will be interesting. It'll be interesting Um, in terms of buying the stock. I think I think I'm with you. I might buy just a little bit just because I think that there might be more of a chance that, that he gets the job next year than the the public thinks so will try and make a little bit of money there. Um, how about Carson Wells? You know, and this is a tough one to define because he's, you know, he he actually could have another year of eligibility, but he walked for senior day today. So you have to think that that's probably it. Um, big day, really big day for Carson. Um, few tackles for loss, a couple of sacks, broke up a couple of passes. Um Stock is up, but you know, he's he doesn't have all the tools that the NFL guys typically have. But you see what Shaq Barrett did coming out of Colorado State and say, Why not? Right? You buying or selling? Um,
1: you kind of mentioned it, you don't really know what his future holds with the program and everything. Um, so that kind of being in limbo plays a factor. If he does come back though, I would buy at this point because there's obviously going to be a void with Landman gone um, not only in terms of just on the field and middle of the defense as a leader. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could see someone like Carson Wells really step up into that and kind of become that next uh, guy after lamb. Uh, I think that's why you have to look more so at buying at this point, just because, I mean, the production has been there. It's been consistent uh, throughout his career at Colorado and it's kind of playing up. He's, you know, pumped up the numbers a bit more today with the two sacks. So you're getting up to those sack numbers that he had in previous years, um, but just looking towards the future, he's a guy that could really anchor this defense, so I'm going to buy some.
0: Yeah, I, I see why. Um, I'm going to – I'll sell just a little bit. I'm not yeah. selling all of it, but, but I think I have enough that when you have a game like this, <laughs> there you, go. You, you just got to take a win. Um, right. It's not that I don't think he could be successful at the NFL level but i think that there's enough of it's it's kind of a long shot you're taking plus money you know the odds right. of a guy who what best case scenario he's probably a fourth round draft pick um and worst case scenario i guess worst case he probably comes back to see you for another year um and he'll go through that early process and figure out what that's looking like um but I'll sell just a little bit. I'll hold the rest because I think there's a chance that you make a lot of money. We can hit this question now too uh, from Tyler, how many buffs end up in the portal? So I think that it's not going to be as many as the coaching staff would probably like. Um, I think that a lot of the time you can just look at a number and say, oh no, you don't want to see that many people get, you know, leave the program. It's a bad look, whatever. But how many of these guys are you really upset about losing at this point? Because you know, you look and say, well, you can run through the roster. I mean, quarterback, you've got Brendan Lewis, you've got J.T. Shrout. Um, If you lose one of those guys, you just don't want to lose them late, like you lost Sam Neuer. Like you want to get, you want to lose them early, so you have more a chance to replace them. Um, but if you lose either one of them, it's not like it did be the end of the world. You go to the running backs. If you lose Jarek Broussard, that would be disappointing. Alex Fontenot, Dion Smith, Ashad Clayton, all those guys, like, again, you almost kind of want one or two of them to leave just to open up space to bring some guys in from the portal because you just don't need that many running backs. And so far, what we've seen is everybody other than Jarek is basically interchangeable. You look at receiver. Uh, You don't want to lose Brendan Rice. You don't really want to lose Demetri Stanley, but he hasn't really done all that much this season, and so you could get over that pretty quickly. From there, Chase Penry, Ty Robinson, all those guys. Like, I'm excited about the future. Any one of them could be really good players, but you've got so many that it really doesn't matter if they leave, and you'd probably rather just have those scholarships than a couple of them. Um, The tight ends, like, you don't want to lose Brave. You can go through this whole roster, and there's really only seven, seven guys, eight guys who you'd really be upset about losing and the rest of them like clear the space, this team can't get it done. And so I do think that there'll be a pretty big number and I wouldn't be surprised if the coaching staff is pushing for that number to be even bigger. Um, So those are my thoughts there. Any any thoughts for you, Jake?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's the right approach. Um, Just looking, you know, down in the other side of the, of the city is, Colorado State, right? I mean, they're a team that brought in guys like David Bailey. They brought in Todd Centeno. These guys were obviously castoffs from other programs, but you bring in kind of those veteran presences at key positions, and you can really kind of solidify yourself and start to build an identity, which is something, especially offensively, the buffs are lacking. Um, I don't know if a transfer quarterback would necessarily fix it with some of the issues, um, obviously, inconsistency-wise, on uh, the offensive line you saw early in the year, um, the receivers that we already mentioned, you haven't had anyone really emerge from that group. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can bring in a guy, maybe maybe an experienced receiver, running back, or quarterback, just someone to kind of, you know, a rock to really lean on in hard times, um, that's something that I think could really go a long way for this offense and bring some more help for the future. I mean, you're going to kind of bring up those young guys with these older tra- uh, grad transfers too, Um it's just something that I think the buffs will look into and it should help make the team better for sure.
0: Yeah. Again, like my, the the main thing that I think about this transfer portal is just, it's not a bad thing for guys to leave. Like, I think it's so easy to, to look at it that way because you see guys who you like or whatever leave. And sometimes it is bad, but this is this new opportunity now where if you just have, I mean, for lack of a better word, just some junk on the roster and they say, hey, I'm not going to get my opportunity here. Might as well go get my opportunity somewhere else. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing for both sides. And I think that there aren't going to be a lot of people leaving they're like, oh, we don't like these coaches. I think they do like the coaches. Um, so we'll we'll see how it plays out though. Um, here's a question from Sean Cordes: Is there any chance Chev gets moved to recruiting coordinator slash associate head coach instead of OC? I feel like it's been a few years in a row. His offense is just flat best. I don't think so. I, I there's a chance, but I think it'd be unlikely. I think it just creates a weird dynamic when you demote somebody. I think it is more likely that he probably is just done after this year, and they go and bring in somebody else. Um, so there's my thought there. And Jake, I know you've been kind of in and out watching this team this year. Um, do you have, do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's something I've really kind of noticed is just they're Again, there's no real identity offensively. They don't really have a, I would, I guess Jarek would be like your go-to guy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but when he struggles, that's, it's kind of just like, what, what do we do now? You know what I mean? Um, and that's really where I think you need coaching to come in. Uh, you know, scheme up some plays, man, maybe throw a trick play or something in there. Cause you got to find something. Um, they're just kind of bashing their head against a brick wall at this point where they keep on trying to, you know, roll Lewis out, hopefully find a pass downfield. If not, they're just going to run into the offensive line, two, three plays on the drive. Um, so, yeah, I think that there, there's definitely room for improvement in terms of offensive philosophy and play calling.
0: For sure. Um, yeah, and we'll just kind of see how that one plays out too. Um but yeah, we can run through a couple more of these stock reports and we'll move along to helmet stickers in a second here. Um but let's uh let's throw Quinn Perry out there. Um, he's, he's somebody who will be around. You would think who knows transfer portals out there. It it would shock me if he leaves, he's a starting linebacker looking to be promoted to be the Mike linebacker at Colorado, which is a position where you've had a lot of success. Um, it's like being the point guard on the basketball team. Half those guys wind up in the NBA. Um, so for Quinn Perry, you know, he's stuffing some some runs. He, I think he got a tackle for loss. In coverage, you know, you don't necessarily love what you see. Is stock up or stock down after today?
1: I think it's maybe up just a bit, maybe one or two points, maybe 50 cents, something. Um, it's definitely green, I'd say, just because there was a void um, when Landman went down. In the past few weeks, Perry, I think, has really stepped up. Um, nine tackles versus Oregon State, seven last week. He had nine versus Oregon, um, and then he had a big game today. I think it was nine again to lead or to tie the team in the lead for tackles. So, and as we mentioned, the run defense was really there. Um, you can be better in the passing game. So, I probably I wouldn't go crazy with the buys here, um, but I would be interested in you know picking up a little bit of Quinn Perry stock just because there's going to be that void as we mentioned with Lamb and gone last year. You got to look yep. towards the future.
0: I think so too. Um, and I agree. It is just a little bit up. I think mostly because we knew he wasn't great in coverage. Like, it's not like it's like, Oh no, you're kidding. No way. We, we, they were taking him off the field on third downs and when he was out out there, it didn't look great. Um, I'm going to buy two just because I do think that at some point it's going to be higher. You know, that's the way it works is you sell when it's higher, you buy it when it's low. And if you do that consistently, you win. Um, he has better games than this game on the way, even though this was a pretty good game. Plus there is a chance that he spends an offseason working in coverage. You know, Nate was not always great in coverage. I, so early on when I was covering the buffs, my first season, so the 2019 season, um, I got a little bit of heat from CU fans because I was saying that Nate isn't all that good in coverage. Um, but pro football focus said he was like the best returning cover linebacker in the PAC 12. And the reason why is just because they didn't ask him to do anything, and so it he had a couple interceptions where the ball hit him right in the chest, and he didn't really have to do anything else. And we got through that process. Then people were like, "Oh no, he is bad." And so I was like, "Yeah, w- w- right." And then this year, he's totally turned it around. I, we saw a little bit of that last year too, but the ability to just know how to read the quarterback's eyes you don't have to be super rangy but make sure that between the hash marks or even two thirds of the hash marks is your responsibility just be able to be there and contest something or make it ugh, a tougher throw don't make it a massive wide open lane that you just lob a ball into just make it a little bit tougher and and maybe he can take that step just like Nate did um and if he does then that stock will be way up so i'm i'm buying a little bit too um Anybody for you off the top of your head who you really want to buy or sell?
1: Um, I'm just going to throw his name. He didn't have a necessarily great game, but Christian Gonzalez, man. I'm going to buy more stock of that just because I think the potential payout is just extremely massive. Mm -hmm. So as long as I can, I'm going to buy that until that stock uh, skyrockets, basically.
0: Yeah, and we want to see what you guys are saying in the chat, too. So if there's anybody you want to buy, anybody you want to sell, throw that in the chat. Reminder, if you're watching on Twitter... We cannot see your chats only on YouTube, so get on YouTube and comment there because we want to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's sell me all of the Christian Gonzalez stock, I will buy all of it. That is an NFL player, and it, it's kind of as simple as that like, he is so long, he is so fast, he is so strong, he plays the ball well, he has good instincts, just the mentality is the correct one for a cornerback. Christian Gonzalez stock is through the roof already. It should be even higher. It should be even higher. You know, Denver JW right there. Gonzalez might be the best talent on this team. It's probably him or Brendan Rice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know we've kind of gone over Rice's inconsistencies, and part of that's just because of the offense he's playing in, right? For sure. But yeah, Christian Gonzalez has been, by far and away, probably the most impressive player I've come across just from covering this team this year.
0: Yep. He's just, he's a locked down guy. Um, I think that's it for me, which makes yeah, sense. We're 40 minutes in. We can move along. Um, real quick though, I do want to tell you guys about Hassle Cattle Company. So Hassle Cattle Company really wants to remind you guys that turkey is not a good food. Um, It's, it's not. It's something that you know. I had this conversation with RK. It's a vehicle, and you you use it for gravy, use it for whatever. How about you get yourself some meat that tastes really good, and you can do that with Hassle Cattle Company. Um, they bring you Wagyu beef. It's a it's a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they're giving our listeners an awesome holiday special with fifteen percent off. Your entire purchase—it's a great deal. You just gotta use the code DNVR15. You'll get fifteen percent off. You maybe you've come down to the DNVR bar and watched a Buffs game there. Um, if you if you did, you probably got the Hassle Cattle Company a Wagyu beef burger. It's great stuff. Um, we just want to give you guys opportunities to try it because we know that you'll go back to them, and that's the way business works. Is they help us out, we help them out, and we help you guys out by making this connection. Again, you go com. You can pick out the smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu Frank without any fillers, a couple of different jerky flavors, um, original and sweet and spicy. Um, they've won awards for all sorts of stuff. It really is great. Um, so use that code DMVR15 at hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and you'll get 15% off. Again, that's DNVR 15 for 15% off, and you'll get free shipping. Check it out. All right, um, let's wrap up here with uh, some helmet stickers. First, we got to give the big helmet sticker out. That's our DraftKings king of the game. And our DraftKings king of the game, I bet you guys can probably guess, it's Carson Wells. He played so well, and he did it on senior night, which makes it even more fun. Seven tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. He broke up two passes. He hurried the quarterback two other times. He made the play that sealed the game. That fourth down, he was in the backfield. You can go check it out on the DNVR Buffs Twitter account. But he got into the backfield, um, messed with the quarterback, and then did a little dance because he just won his team the game in what probably is his last game at Folsom. So shout out to him. He's been doing it. Actually, he had a little bit of a quiet start to the year, but recently he's really picked it up. He was great last year. Um, You just love to see it. It's a great story.
1: Yeah, uh, excellent game from him. We've already mentioned it. And, you know, those two sacks uh, obviously went a long way. But, yeah, no doubt about it. His best play of the game was that last play, forcing the incompletion, causing the pressure, and basically clinching the uh, win. Um, if you want, I got one uh, real yeah. quick. Jack Lamb, man. Yep. That, I mean, just a, probably the biggest swing in momentum. I. If you go and look at the the ESPN uh I I'm I'm interested to see the win percentage, you know the chart, because that win percentage uh, has got to like swing crazy uh from the Jack Lamb fumble return. Um
0: but real I, quick, do you see that up? return? Utah just took a kick to the house as time expired in the first oh half twenty eight zero going into halftime.
1: I just saw it. <laughs> How wild. <laughs> just
0: wow, they're smoking Oregon. But yeah. Jack Lamb, again, the transfer, you love to see it. Comes from Notre Dame, wasn't getting opportunities there. Had a hip injury, a really serious hip injury that could have ended his athletic career. Um, and hasn't done all that much for Colorado this year. Mostly because he hasn't been out on the field all that much. These last couple of weeks with Nate out, he's getting opportunities. And again, it's he picked up a ball and ran it a long way. It's not like he, the the toughest play in the world to make. But at the same time... Having a linebacker who is fast enough to run the ball down the field without getting caught from behind, that is an asset at any level of football. And there's still a couple pieces that need to get put together. And again, I don't think you can put those together when you're not out on the field. He's gonna be out on the field more next year, and I'm I'm excited to see him.
1: Yeah, um it kind of so the Colorado State, they had a, a game against Iowa earlier in the year. Um, where they had a true freshman pick off the ball and kind of in the same situation, um, just real swing of points. He, they, he wasn't able to return it though, uh, was the thing. Oh. And it's just in these, uh, I know it was only seven points, but it was still an upset for the buffs to win these upset type games. You need to cash in on those momentum plays. That's exactly what Jack Lamb and the buffs did on that play. Um, they were able to pull out the win. Colorado state was unable to get it against the Hawkeyes earlier in the year. Those plays being the difference for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, I will throw. Mm, this is actually a tough one. I, I was gonna say Brady, and then I remembered that he had that fumble, which he right. recovered. But again, yeah. we, we that that doesn't get you a helmet sticker when you come that close in a game that went this way. Um, not a bad game though. You know, tight ends making catches. How about we'll go? We'll go Danielarius. Had a couple of catches on that first drive, got things going uh, for that offense. Um, And again, three catches for 22 yards. It's not like it's a massive day for him, but he's stringing together some decent performances. And the big thing with him is, yes, he can go make one big play and he's going to convert that big play about half the time is what's happened throughout his career what he hasn't been able to do. And this is something that's really hard for big bodied receivers like Daniel. He hasn't racked up the multi-catch games all that often, but we've seen that recently. And I think that that's really exciting and it's exciting for him too. He's another one who he would have been a senior this year, if not for COVID, what is his future? Like, I don't think anything's set in stone, especially when you see just how many receivers there are. Um, but, if he wants to stay at Colorado, this absolutely helped his case. And, you know, you're looking for consistency there. And you're you're getting at least a little bit of it um, from Daniel Arias these last few weeks.
1: Right. And I can't remember exactly when it was in the game. I want to say it was the third quarter. But they, uh, they tried a shot play that um, Brendan Lewis just missed him. Um, but I think he had a step on the safety. Um, he had the corner underneath and the safety was coming over. I think Daniel Arias was behind him. A better delivered ball and he potentially has a much bigger day. Um, I'll I'll go for my next helmet sticker. I'll give it to Nico Reed just because that interception, just such a clutch interception in the moment um, in terms of down and distance and obviously uh, in that part of the game, but just a spectacular play too. I mean, just completely reaching out for it. Just well done by him.
0: And in that same vein, I just realized we haven't hit Robert Barnes yet. Got to get him one too. Again, these turnovers decided the, the whole thing. And he his might have been the toughest, honestly. That going to the ground that was a crazy fucking, play. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great play. That was an incredible play.
1: Um, yeah, big day for him. Led the team in tackles. Also, also mm-hmm. had a tackle for loss. Um, probably the best defender for the Buffs on the day. I'd say maybe Carson Wells was. I mean, he had the sacks and he had the numbers, but overall, Robert Barnes was just all over the place.
0: Yep, I'll throw Mustafa out there too. Mustafa Johnson. He had a sack. Um, again, it's senior day, and when a senior has a sack on senior day, they get a helmet sticker. That's go. the way things go.
1: Well, if we're going down that route, I'm gonna give Nate Lamb in one man. How about what? switching oh. into his uniform and getting in on the final play on the kneel down, playing the safety? Um, I, it's gotta be tough for a guy like that. Go play your whole career at a school, and then you're finally coming to the home stretch and you can't suit up because of injury. I'm really happy they got him in. That was cool to see.
0: Definitely. Um, Anything else? I think I'm oh, ooh. Uh I will hit Cole Becker. Two for two. Our and they guys, needed yep. they could not afford a miss today. Um let's let's give give him one for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He's been huge in the past couple wins for the buffs. I mean, just having someone that you can rely on in that department, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things you just don't notice until it really goes all wrong. So he's been clutch.
0: Definitely. I see in the chat Blue gets a sticker for the extra effort plays. It's getting hit all game, never quit. Ah, it's it's such a tough one. Like I again
1: again with Lewis, though, he doesn't turn the ball over, man. It it mm-hmm. looks bad and it's not pretty, but he doesn't like compound on these mistakes and turn it into just a snowball effect. So
0: that's absolutely true. And a couple of those runs, I mean, that's what they needed. And that touchdown run, or did that get called, that did get called back. Did he? He had another though. He had a touchdown, Brendan. Yeah, I was thinking of the one where he dove, and but he basically did the same thing oh, yeah, yeah, over yeah. again. But yeah, mm-hmm. he. Uh, it's a quarterback, and it's a win. I'll, he is. He is close. I'll say that he's close. I can't give him a helmet sticker today.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 14 to 25 for 112 yards. Uh,
0: you just can't, right?
1: Uh, we said some nice things.
0: We did. We said some nice things and that's what he deserves. <laughs> Cause he has come a long way this season and there are flashes. By the times he rolls out of the pocket and stops and you see an open receiver and you're just like, Oh my God, bang hits it right in there. And when he does that, it's really exciting. And and he was not doing that nearly enough from the first half of the season. He's got an off season to figure it out. Well, one more game and then an off season. There uh, so there's go. some more nice things, but no helmet sticker. Um, I think I'm out. Anybody else? No. Um. Uh. I'll I'll
1: just mention Mackay Blackman. I did I mention yeah. him already for this? I Okay. Not for this. It. No. Oh well. Just I mean the pass breakup in that that uh the throw into the end zone. I think it was right under the goalpost that the Huskies were doing, and he laid out and got the PBU. I mean that was a huge PBU in that moment. So.
0: Yeah, I do like that the chat is sticking up for Brendan. I do like that. Um. That'll do it for today. Thanks, Jake, for jumping on. We'll be back yes, tomorrow man. from Paradise Jam. Well, I'll dress up in my bathing suit again, and we'll be upstairs at the bar oh, with the playable palm tree. <laughs> but yeah, live from Paradise Jam, where we'll talk about the Buffs game today that they wound up winning. Also, the rest of the tournament, CSU's game is tomorrow. Um, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we've got one week of football left. Hopefully, Hopefully they can pull off the upset. You know, watching this Utah game now, it's looking kind of scary but you know hey, potential trap
1: football. game implications you're absolutely. right in between the two oregon games so you never know absolutely catch
0: them. i love it uh shout out to producer yeah, here behind the scenes and that'll do it for today we'll see you guys soon